It's so easy to listen from home. I just tell my smart speaker, Alexa, play the Shake Back Sports podcast. Here's hashtag brothers of baseball slash Shake Back Sports show from Apple Podcasts, continuing the latest episode. Yo, once again, man, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Willie Epstein Jr., the Ballers Report podcast, War Zone Sports Network, and I got a plethora of guests. And when I tell you they are some NFL football heads, that is actually putting it nicely. So, again, uh, this is the most wonderful time of the year. NFL season is upon us. It has started. We're going to wrap up week one. Uh, college football season is in full swing, as well as high school. Shout out to the Red Oak Hawks, who we cover here at the Shakeback Sports Media Group out here in Dallas. So, before I bring on the guests, you already know what we got to do. So, let's go ahead and let's get this thing. Here we go. Let's go. Right about now, now, now you're about to be possessed by the sounds. <laughs> Yes, sir, buddy. You already know what it is when you hear that music. Ballers Report Podcast, Warzone Sports Network. I got guests. Well, I got two guests and two family members. But since they are now on the show, they are not guests anymore. Guess what? They are family members now. Bring it to the stage first and foremost. He is the senior senior VP of the Shakeback Media's Shakeback Media Group. He is also the do everything man for Team Up Sports Consulting out of Monroe, Louisiana. An agent in the making. Who am I talking about? None other than John Motley. Jay, what's up, man? Uh, nothing too much. You know, it's the greatest time of year right now. The so. greatest time of the year even for the ones that are licking the wounds even for the ones that are licking the wounds that includes the helmet signal behind your head and the fans that include them all right coming up next he is also a guest but now since he's been on the show he is family welcome to the shakeback media group cleveland fans cleveland browns fans I got Marshawn. No, it ain't Marshawn Lynch, but it's a different type of beast mode. Marshawn, what's going on, dude? What's going on, Willie, man? How you doing? I appreciate you bringing me on, man. I'm ready to – I'm feeling energized just like my Browns was on Sunday, man. So, well, I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, and we're, we're going we're gonna to get to that as well. But uh, before we do that, I, you know I had to save the best for last, right? As you might be able to tell, it's two of them. So, I can't bring them on separately, but I do have to bring them on together. Separate and but you mean separate as in divide? <laughs> I'm talking about the Bucks babes, and that includes Ruth Kakaeus and Christina. What's up, guys? <laughs> What's going on, ladies? Nothing much. We're really excited for uh for you bringing on us the show so we can help promote our new podcast that we will we will be kicking off this Friday. Yes. This uh Friday. both of us live in the Tampa area and we're gonna be covering the Bucks this season. And we've just decided to put a podcast together so we can uh talk Bucks every weekend. There you go. Bucks babes. 
Bucks Babes. <laughs> at Bucks Babes. And, and look, they both, let me tell y'all, they both know their stuff. It ain't just cuteness with these two. They know their stuff. So uh, let's get right into this thing, man, because we got a lot to get into. Um, let's see. NFL Week 1 Roundup. Started strong, finished stronger. The first game on Thursday night, the opener, those Dallas Cowboys went down to Southwest Florida. And uh, there's a team out there named the Buccaneers. I think they won the, the Roselle Championship or the Roselle Trophy last year. Or Lombardi, Lombardi rather, Lombardi Trophy last year. You might know him as uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got some dude named Tom Brady at quarterback. They beat the uh, Cowboys on a last-second field goal. Sorry, Jay. Thirty, but not really. Thirty-one twenty-nine. As uh, Mister Suckup hit one at the buzzer, sending Dallas fans home mad. And then, of course, the game of the year so far after one whole game, after the whole one whole week, my Las Vegas Raiders home against the Baltimore Ravens. Nobody picked us to win, but us. There is this dude named Derek Carter threw for over 400 yards, including a 37 yard strike to Zay Jones to seal the deal. 33 27. And that was one of the better games I've seen in quite some time. So, Let's just go there. Um, Bucks Babes, in particular, Ruth, who is also a Cowboy fan. Uh, but you covered the Buccaneers. So talk about, really, your conflict of interest in having to watch this game. Oh, it was tough. Uh, but I was definitely ble bleeding blue throughout that whole game because every good thing that the Bucks were doing, I was disappointed. I wanted to see the Dallas Cowboys come back fierce. I mean, defensively, we didn't do – too shabby, so I'm a I'm looking forward to that. That Dan Quinn has probably changed that defensive room for the better. So I'm excited for what the season has to come. But I, yeah, I was a little bit torn uh, during that matchup. I was actually in the stadium um, watching the game live, so it was pretty entertaining. But I mean, you never give Brady the ball back with one minute on the clock. That's no. something you don't do. So I feel like. Uh, the coaching staff could have done a little bit better to eat up some more time to not give Brady the time to do what we all saw him do. Okay, Christina. So you're there in Tampa Bay, and I'm I'm going to assume that you're a Bucks fan. Yeah, I've been a lifelong Bucks fan, and you know our friendship was definitely tested this past week because you know she had her Cowboys jersey on, I had my Bucks jersey on, and we were just battling it out. <laughs> But overall, you know, it was a rough start for the Bucks. Um, Brady showed up like he always does. And like Ruth said, you don't leave the GOAT with a minute, over a minute left on the time clock. Um, one thing that's like commendable is, you know, Dak Prescott played an amazing game. You know, as a Cowboys fan, you got to be proud of that to see that he's able to shake off the rust and shake off all those injuries and to just – play an outstanding game but overall you know the goat gets it done and super bowl champions are on top that's kind of something that i mentioned i said you know dak threw for over 400 yards he had some great completions some long throws no rust to be seen so that was a win for me not technically a win but it was but a win a, in my book to see that dak, dak is gonna have a good season out of him. i wish i had that uh <laughs> John, um, as the other resident Cowboy fan on this broadcast, uh, why in the world did Kellen Moore, 
only run the ball, what, 15 times? Well, you know, that's a good question. <laughs> and, of course, in the media, you know, we always going to get it broken down. And, of course, the Dallas media is notorious for asking those hot-button topics. And uh, one of the reporters there in Dallas asked specifically, you know, well, how many run plays or, you know, however it came about. And he basically stated that he called 28 run plays and Dak checked out of 12 of them, I believe is what the number was. Mm. So my question, I could, and of course, depending on the perspective that you look at, my thing is from a strategic standpoint, looking at it like chess, why are you calling plays strategically at that point in the game? where a quarterback has to, you know, consistently check out of a play. Mm -hmm. So is that a schematic thing or what? And that's what I, that's what I, and, and just keep in mind what I try to do is I try to study the tape and look at like, okay, each individual play. Call the play. Break it down. Drive and Tom's like, like, no. (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. It's all good. <clears throat> but no, but like ultimately, I guess, trying to figure out because if the quarterback comes to the line of scrimmage and he's checking out of the plays, well, it's a reason that he's checking out of the play. It's something that he sees on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. He's seeing keys. Yeah. You know, okay. But then it still goes back to the original play call, you know, and that, you know, why are we having this discussion in the media after we just went through a whole preseason, even though, and that's, it goes back to game management is what I'm looking at. Okay. And and I think that we talked about just a minute ago with why did we allow a minute left with the goat on the other side, basically, you know, you just asking for opportunity, especially with a young defense. Well, so, you know, Can we talk about that OPI on Chris Godwin though? No, that, that, that was, that was yeah, not an offensive of passing appearance. Oh, it's a very, it's very, it's a very questionable. I'm sorry, but, but I don't know if you guys remember week one of last season when the Dallas Cowboys faced the Rams and they called the uh, offensive pass interference on Michael Gallup when he was only trying to take Jalen Ramsey's hands off of him. He was just trying to slap him down because he was all grabbing at his arms. I mean, that's exactly what Chris Godwin just did. So, I mean, I'm we a- can go back and forth on that all day. I know you guys don't want to spend time talking about that. I know someone's about to pull out their violin, but – it made, me, it made me mad. Yeah. Well, I think overall with that offensive pass interference, on a game-winning drive, on a game-scoring drive, a ref is not going to get in the way of a play like that. I'm sorry, but Michael Gallup was about, I don't know, like 20 yards away from scoring wait, a touchdown. Hold on, ladies. Hold on, ladies. Let's, let's let Marshawn get a word in about this. So this, since they brought it up, since the Bucks babes brought it up, Marshawn, talk about that lack of a or absence of a call uh on the offensive pass interference and i'm gonna give my two cents here in just a second you gotta get in the weight room that's all that is you know <laughs> I, mean? I don't think that's a pass interference when you got two guys fighting for a position you know that I mean i didn't see a pass interference you know god they both was tugging at each other godwin you know gave him a little bump which in my opinion is allowed in the nfl i mean you gotta find some type of separation so I personally didn't see that it was a, it was a pass interference. You know, it's was, it was a good play. You know, and the receiver the receiver got it. So man, it's unfortunate. You know, I, listen, I love Cowboys. I'm not I'm not the Stephen A. Smith person here. I love, I like I think the Cowboys are going to be better than a lot of teams mm-hmm. is uh, gonna is, is giving them credit to be. I actually think they're going to win the East this year. 
Well, I mean, you, you, you faced a better team that week, you know, so you just gotta, gotta, you got as many excuses as we want to make, you know, the buck. I mean, everybody, you know, going into that game, the Cowboys stood no chance against the Bucks, no matter what miracle would happen. I, I just think, think, I just think uh, during that matchup, it was just obviously clear that the Dallas Cowboys are not as bad as everybody likes to say they oh, are. for sure. I mean, I think, we had the lead late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I said going into this season, though, I mean, everybody, I mean, all, I ain't going to say everybody. The media has been putting out this whole persona that my Browns got the best receiving room. I think the Cowboys receiving room is way better than the Browns. You know, you got Michael Gallup, you got CeeDee Lamb, and you got, uh, forget his. Uh, Amari Cooper. Uh, Amari Cooper, sorry. You got Amari Cooper. All three of those guys, to me, is capable of being number one receivers. You know, I can't say that about my Browns, so. Well, I can say as a talent evaluator, the one thing that I can say, anybody that knows anything about talent, the Cowboys have talent. Yeah. It's a matter of getting the right amount of depth, the right amount of experience, staying healthy, and it's a whole ball of wax. And it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So look, go back and look. A lot of teams that started out 1-0 last year went on a long losing streak after that. Yeah, they did. I mean, it's, 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 you know, and – we early, so yeah, you know, you're gonna see a lot. Like some teams that won this past weekend are gonna lose this weekend mm-hmm. just because of the the way the matchups work. So, well, most certainly. But let me ask you this, John's being a Cowboys fan, would you say that the amount of talent that the Cowboys have, and even uh, the Bucks, babe, can everybody can join on this? But with the amount of talent that the Cowboys have, do you think that that they're that the teams under them, the the football team, the Eagles, the Giants? are that much closer to them or like if the giant let's say if the cowboys had a small fall off that 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 that, that the te- other teams will still be able to be in it to win the east i don't think that the teams the rest of the teams in the east are even in the same and you're totally right and i guess what i'm looking at if you go back and this is what i'm gonna say with that if you go back to the four and a half games he played last year the one game he played this year Look at his numbers, outrageous numbers. Yeah, you put your defense in a position where now you play or you run it up and down the field. You still, it's a schematic thing. It's a game plan thing because you got to know your talent. You got to know, and this is that's why that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying the Cowboys aren't good because they are. Yeah, I think that. But what's going to hold them back is that we keep making excuses. You know, like you know, because every time I turn around. It's like an injury here or something that we could have prevented. And that's the thing that the Cowboys just need to do going forward is just try to do better as a, as a, the coaching staff. Let me, let, me, let me get in here real quick. Um, and, t- and I don't want to get too far off the topic because we got to get to the game of the weekend, which is the, rank, the game that took place last night. Um, in terms of was it a pass interference call on Chris Godwin, I would say – Yes, it was. Now, there's a difference between it being pass interference and it being called pass interference. And the reason why I think that it was not called pass interference is because of the the type of route that Chris Godwin was running. He ran a back shoulder fade, okay? So when whoever the corner was, I forgot, was it was it, it wasn't Diggs, I think it was uh, Brown. But whoever the corner was, yeah, they had good coverage. They were in great position. And any little hand checking that's going to be done between the two of them 
is going to be magnified when Chris Godwin stops and, 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 and adjusts his body for the back shoulder fade. If I, I think that if it was any other kind of route, they might have gotten him. But because it was a back shoulder fade, um, I think that's the reason why I wasn't called. And then the second thing, um, Jay and, and, and Bucks Babes and, and, and Marshawn, um, we talked about the running game or lack thereof. Here's what I think took place. I think it may have been the game plan somewhat for the Cowboys to come out and throw the ball all over the place for this reason and this reason right here. Anybody that has played football or coached football or knows anything about football when it comes to a defensive line, they will much rather try to stop the run than try to stop the pass or rush the passer because every time a quarterback drops back, that's an instant 10-yard dash for those big guys up front. So when you do that 60 times a game, yeah, you're going to wear down. And we all know that Tampa has one of the best front sevens in the National Football League. So that's how you offset an aggressive front like that by making them rush the passer and ultimately tiring themselves out. Now, I'm thinking that the Cowboys were hoping that they would have the lead at that point and can, can then just give the ball to Zeke and let him just wear down the defense. But that's not actually what happened because they left time left on the clock and the GOAT came back and got him. All right, let's move over to the Los Angeles or the Las Vegas Raiders. Yay! Las Vegas Raiders, baby. And uh, the Baltimore Ravens, uh, as we stated in the introduction, 33-27. Derek Carr, over 400 yards passing. I think the story of the game is how that defensive front for the Raiders got after Lamar Jackson. I mean, got after him. And if y'all don't know, Gus Bradley has Lamar Jackson's number. Think about what he did to them when he was the defensive coordinator in San Diego and what they did to the, to the Art Ravens in the playoffs three years ago. That dude has his number. And when you can get pressure with just those front four guys, and particularly with a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, yeah, it's going to be for a long day. He turned the ball over three times. First time he's ever had three uh, fumbles in a game. Um, he did have, what, he had over 80 rushing yards. He had more rushing attempts and rushing yards than anybody else in the entire game. So let me ask you this, Marshawn, um, as, a, as, a, as a Browns fan and as, a, as, a, as your team got, thwart, got just throttled by my Raiders last year, um, <laughs> the the Baltimore Ravens and and their injury issues are we looking at uh a a, a um, Lamar Jackson that's gonna have to be the type of Lamar Jackson that he was when he won the MVP? Yeah, absolutely. I I told uh, when I talked to Rachel before I got on, I told her that um, with all the injuries that's dropping for the Baltimore Ravens. I don't see them as a team that the Browns should be worried about. I actually think the Steelers is the team that the Browns should be worried about because, I mean, I, well, I'm not going to say – I'm speaking prematurely. Right now, based off of last night, what I saw, I mean, Lamar Jackson is going to have to be the quarterback and the running back until they find a actual every down – three down back for the, for, the, for the Ravens. And then they already don't have no good receiver. Their best receiver, I want to say – but Sammy Watkins yesterday, he's a shell of himself. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I honestly think, I mean, right now, Lamar Jackson, is, Lamar Jackson is just like Baker Mayfield. I think they're in the same stratosphere right now where you're going to have to earn your contract this year, Le actually leading your team and being the reason why your team is or has made it to the playoffs or made it far within the playoffs. John, step up to the mic, man. Um, you know, you're a talent evaluator. You 
are very good at reading film or watching film and pointing out the nuances of different things, as well as being an agent. What we saw from the Raiders front four last night, do you think that's what we're going to uh, get used to going seeing going forward? Or do you believe that was some sort of anomaly? I just think it's an anomaly. I mean, like right now. Hush you your mouth. Think it's still, huh? Hush your mouth. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you got to look. I mean, everything, like, the, the one thing about the National Football League, knee-jerk reaction. You know, you you know, it's so quick, you know, because you got to think, now we got a week on tape. So we're going to go back. We're going to study the tape. We're going to come up with a game plan. We're going to tweak the game plan, come back out next week and see if that game plan, you know, and that's where it goes into. So based off of the game, you know, they didn't perform well enough to win the ball game. You know, it doesn't mean that they can't come back and still excel the rest of the season. Bucks babes. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what, you know, what's going to happen with the, with the Raiders this season. I think last night was a great example of, them actually making some changes defensively that's going to be working in their favor this season. So I'm, I'm happy for John Gruden. I think Derek Carr could have played better last night. I mean, I really didn't see the efficiency played that we better. I, I honestly better didn't see the efficiency. Yards. Right, but towards the end of the game, when you have to make those game-time plays, I just feel like Derek Carr kind of slipped up. Um, didn't put the ball exactly where he needed it to be, but I mean, those are things that you clean up after week one. But I think I think you're pre- in pretty good shape uh, for mm-hmm. your Raiders this season. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But anyway, um, when it comes when it comes to Derek Carr and what he did last night, um, that ball that bounced off the <laughs> the cornerback's head and into the right. hands of his teammate. <laughs> That was not his fault. That was Willie Sneed, the fourth fault. And I don't even understand why he was in the freaking game at that point, let alone being targeted. They could have put – anyway. And then another thing, too, that I have a concern about last night, and it may be just the fact that Josh Jacobs and King and Drake, they didn't really produce on the ground like I expected them to. Now, I know that that Jacobs had some sort of illness and he was battling some sort of uh, toe injury as well. So I think that when, you know, just like you said, John, whenever you have this first game, you go back and look at the tape, you make the necessary adjustments, and then you move on forward in terms of that. And then who it all depends, of course, who you're matching up with the next week. Uh, with the next week. And we will be going to the Steel City uh, for a stupid one or uh, 12 o'clock kickoff. Another team from the West going to that time zone um, and seeing we, what we got to do to get out there. All right. So let's move on, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We're going to go ahead and talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from week one. And you already know, I I love sounds. I love music. I love themes. So here we go. Yeah, the good, the bad, and the oogly. Bucks Babes, since you are not the oogly, and we're going to see how good you guys are, or bad for that matter, um, let's start with you, Ruth. What's your good, bad, and ugly from week one? Uh, my good is definitely going to be Dak Prescott playing lights out in uh, his first matchup against such a dominant defense like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, a bad would be the Tennessee Titans Oof. losing to the Steelers. Oh, my God. And the ugly is Baker Mayfield throwing an interception before winning the game against the Chiefs. 
What the heck, Baker? What the heck? That was ugly. That was so ugly. And you saw his tantrum on the ground afterwards? Yeah, that uh, was funny. That was funny. <laughs> Sorry, Marshawn, but we're going to come back to you in just a second. Yeah, nope. it was bad. That was definitely bad. Christina, what you got? Good, bad, and ugly. I mean, my good is going to be, you know, the Bucks are 1-0. They're the reigning, Stanley, uh, the reigning Super Bowl champions, and they beat the Cowboys. So I think that's going to be uh, nine games in a row now. Yeah, I think nine games. <laughs> yeah, they haven't, they haven't lost since their bye week uh, last season. So uh, the bad is probably going to be, you know, just seeing um, – Probably, yeah, the bad would be Baker Mayfield throwing that interception. And... Did anybody did anybody watch the Cardinals game? Uh, I uh, did. Yeah. I want to, okay, what happened? Because I did not expect that outcome. It's, it's the Cardinals. I mean, to be honest, this, the Cardinals always start off strong. They started last season off strong. It's just that, to me, like John said, you know, I, I didn't take that win when it's like, oh, the Cardinals are here. The Cardinals got to still play the Seahawks, the Rams. And the 49ers, so I didn't really take that with a grain of salt. I kind of was like, okay, uh, Cardinals can put up. But they, I mean, they, they did have five sacks, though, which is impressive. No, Chandler Jones had five sacks. <laughs> Chandler, Jones, Chandler, One person. Chandler Jones is trying to get traded. Dan, so can I, can I throw one thing about game. Chandler Jones? They've been trying to, they tried to give him away for a bag of potato chips all offseason. Mm -hmm. yeah, he's trying to, he's just trying to keep his stock up. That's all I have. And he did a great job. Mar so Marshawn, go ahead with your good, bad, and ugly. All right, so I'm gonna go outside the box with it. My good, I gotta give, I gotta give a shout out to my guy, famous Jameis, man. I know I didn't see Jameis Winston playing the way he played on Sunday, throwing five touchdowns against the Packers. So that's the good. My bad, I'm gonna have to go with the 49ers, the entire 49ers. You know, you were up big on the Lions. Injuries happen, and you let the Lions come back. So I'm not, I'm not sure if the 49ers are as strong of a contender as everybody puts it out to be, you know, because I, the Lions aren't good at all. And you should have put them away well beforehand. And the ugly, unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with everybody. I'm going to have to say the ugly is my guy, Baker Mayfield. Man, when you put it, when you get put in a position like that, you're supposed to be a $40 million quarterback. Granted, I got to give it to him. You know, you were trying to throw it out of bounds. You got, you got tangled up, but you know you got to find a way to, to not make it an interception. So I gotta I gotta give that to ugly. But I had another one, but I'm gonna just agree with everybody else as far as Baker Mayfield being the ugly. Well, I'm glad that you brought up Jameis because I mean I think Jameis just it it like clicked to him that you don't have to throw the ball every single time. Use your legs, avoid the sack at least get a, a little above the line of scrimmage and you're good. You don't have to throw the ball every time. I think it finally it finally clicked for him. Absolutely. And he finally got he finally got a coach under him. Well he finally got a coach and a system under him that I think works best for him. I don't think the the what I call it the 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 throw, the throw and risk. That's what I call that that offense down in Tampa. Just throw it and take a risk. Whoever catches it is whoever catches it. And I don't think that really worked for 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 uh, Jameis. It works for Tom Brady, but I don't think that type of offense worked for for, for Jameis. One thing to say about Jameis is for somebody who has watched him play in the NFL tirelessly on the Buccaneers, 
I have saw I saw glimpses of the old Jameis. So oh, no. be on the lookout, Saints fans. I don't think we're looking at a brand new Jameis. Oh no. Let me let me piggyback on uh on, on that. Two things. Jameis Winston from yesterday, uh or Sunday rather, that was the Jameis Winston that we saw winning Heisman trophies and national championships. So we don't need to see the Jameis Winston that's uh, cussing people out in the studio union and stealing crab legs. Um, and then number two, for Baker Mayfield, um, the Browns would not have been in that game but for Baker Mayfield. That was a mistake at the end. I'm not going to really crucify the dude for that. I mean, yeah, they say he was trying to throw it away, and he got he got sacked. I mean, he, or he got taken down by his legs. I can accept that. He didn't – it wasn't like it was a bad decision like we've seen Baker make sometimes. That was just one of those deals where the defensive player made a better play. All right, John, you're good, bad, and ugly. What you got? Sean Payton, his game plan, point on. So, yeah, we can give Jameis credit, but remember, it took a decision because just a few weeks ago, it was a debate whether or not he was even the starting quarterback. Secondly, the uh, the bad, well, you know, uh, for me, you know, it's just – when I see certain things, it just really, really bothers me. So I guess I don't really, I see a lot of bad. So let me just go to the ugly. And it's, I feel for Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Okuda. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, don't do that, man. That's my Ohio State guy. Don't no, do I mean, that. I'm saying that the injury. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, and I mean, not to cut you off, John, but I, I already had said Akuda had got drafted to a terrible team. You know, everybody used to call Cleveland as the Siberia, but I think Detroit is the new Siberia where you go and your career is probably going to get killed because mm-hmm. nothing right ever goes on with the Detroit Lions. And and think, too, about Jeff Akuda. He is a great kid. Um, he's a local product from out here. He actually went to high school with one of my uh, my oldest son, and mm-hmm. they they weren't they weren't great friends, but they were cool with each other. Mm-hmm. And my son always talked about how his story, because, you know, his mom had passed away mm-hmm. and he wrote a he wrote a letter uh, to his mom when he got drafted. And it was a tearjerker for real. All right. My good, bad and ugly. Um, the good. I'm going to go with the entire AFC West because they went undefeated with the victory. Two teams going across the country and at the 12 o'clock spot. And getting wins. And then, of course, the Vegas Raiders, what they did. And then Kansas City. I hate them, by the way. I hate them. Um, they Look, you got to give it up to Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. I, I still think that that receiver core, outside of Kelsey and outside of Tyreek Hill, they are average at average. best. They are average right. at best. Mark my words. And when the Raiders face them again, you watch how – you watch how they get pressure with that with that front four and get after Mahomes with just those guys and play coverage in the behind. All right, my bad, my bad is going to be the um, the battle of the birds and uh, the bird that took it on the chin was the dirty birds. Man, what's going on in the in the, the Falcons completely peeled apart like from the very first quarter. Like Matt Ryan could not get anything going in the red zone. Like it was just it was sad to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And, it's time and, to trade them. Yeah, well, they, 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 well, I'm not going to say they tried to, but they probably should have drafted a quarterback as opposed to Kyle Pitts. But that's, that's neither here nor there. And my ugly, oh my God. How in the hell do you allow 
five sacks to one person. How do you do that? How do you do that, Tennessee, when you have Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones? How do you do that? How do you allow five sacks to Chandler Jones? It ain't like he Michael Strahan. Really. It ain't like he Cle- or, or Joe Cle- or anybody good. Lawrence Taylor. It ain't, come on, man. It's not like you that. And you guys allowed five sacks to this dude. Okay. Final subject of the show. Ballers, baller. Who's your ballers, baller of the week? The babes, you're up. You first, Christina. Me first. The ballers of all the ballers, I'd have to give it to, I mean, honestly, Derek Carr did a great job. He's the baller of the week. I got to give it to him. Um, You know, threw over 400 yards. um, Was it three touchdowns? And he just, two touchdowns. He just looked like, he looked like a new man. I mean, I'm not just saying that. To, mean, Derek, Derek, Derek always comes out strong. I mean, he, he does just, always he just come has out strong. To, he has to stay healthy. Um, and that offensive line needs to give him some time to get the ball down the field. Uh, my baller's baller would definitely be Dak Prescott. I mean, not to be a homer or anything, but he threw for over 400 yards against the Tampa Bay Bucks on the road. Off the of injuries. Everybody's saying, oh, that shoulder, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, 406 yards, get out of here. Ruth. Baller's baller. Ruth. You know what it is when you um when you continue to talk homer stuff, you know what you get, right? You should shut you sh- you should know this. John John Motley, your ballers baller of the week. Tom Brady. Mm. Thirty two. There's one person to go toe to toe with Father Time, and he and he he look. I posted something on social media to show that Aaron Rodgers seven years younger, but you couldn't tell. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? Aaron Rodgers looks like a retired mafia boss. Oh, how did this not bring that? Yeah, that's the ugly. ugly. Oh my that's god, the ugly. I want to change my ugly. Aaron Rodgers is the ugly. Sorry, baby. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's go back. I completely forgot that the Saints won against the Packers, and nobody, nobody saw that coming. I don't know what it is with uh with uh Aaron Rodgers playing in the state of Florida, but the humidity is just I don't know. It's just it got to him, but. He played really bad, and we finally got to see a little piece of Jordan Love, and we nobody expected that. Well, I'm gonna tell you somebody that did call it. She's not on the show this time. She's uh, doing her own thing, uh, her own podcast tonight with uh, her girls up there in Cleveland, and that's Cleveland Kate, Kate Arhart. She called it. Remember Ruth? Last time we were all on, John. Remember? She said Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are basically poo poo, and they got poo pooed on for real. By Jameis Winston and those New Orleans Saints. All right, my um, my hashtag ballers baller of the week. I'm gonna give it to freaking Tyreek Hill, man. I I I, I hate that team so bad, but I gotta get credit where credit is due. Be- what two? What y'all doing? Y'all throwing up the peace sign? We're doing the peace sign. Oh y'all. And, and he he said that he was gonna do it, but then. He knew that he was going to get fined. But that dude, man, 11 receptions, over 170 yards, two scores, that ridiculous pass by Patrick Mahomes where he got out of the pocket and just – I mean, just that that throw, man. I, it, somebody need to put some handcuffs on that dude because what he's doing is just 
illegal and criminal. Um, so that's my ballers, baller of the week, Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. And just in case y'all didn't know, I hate them. Um, okay. Ball out. Final thoughts. Let's go. Uh, Marshawn. I didn't hear my baller right My bad. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's good. It's good. I actually, man, I actually got two from the same team. Because I was going to give this team the ballers of the baller because they balled out. But I'm going to go two. I'm going to go with Chandler Jones and I'm going to go with Kyler Murray because they both have five. Yeah. Chandler had five sacks. Kyler had five five touchdowns. So those two balled out for their team and definitely uh, help Arizona. Uh, get an easy win over the Tennessee Titans. All right. Uh, let's get to this ball out. Final thoughts. Let's, Go ahead, Marshawn. I picked on you. Go ahead. Uh, uh, final thoughts. Uh, I'm a little – I'm still a little hungover from this Chiefs loss. You know, I feel like we're going to smash Houston this week. Uh, my Browns are going to the Super Bowl. Just letting it be known right now. I'm putting it out there right now. I don't I, – I personally – just like you said, Kansas City only have – like, two good receivers. I feel like we figured that out. We see them again. We're going to run the ball, and we're going to beat them. I think the Browns are going to up against the Super Bowl, up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I think we're going to lose in the Super Bowl to Tom Brady. He's going to get eight and go out on the sunrise. Oh, boy. Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> John, ball out. Final thoughts. I think the Saints are a playoff caliber team now. You know, I've seen it in action. And I, I ain't saying that they're going to win a division or anything like that, but I would definitely put them in the top seven. And, you know, the team that I've been the most intrigued by so far, I would have to say is the Raiders. Hello. See, I don't have to do I don't have to give myself to shut up because y'all are all talking about the Raiders for me. Bucks, babes. Go, Ruth, go. Uh, I actually just saw some news about Josh Gordon. Uh, right now, he has successfully completed the NFL Monitor Treatment Program, and he is going to be reinstated into the NFL, which I think is a really interesting topic. He's a 30-year-old uh, wideout, and let's see what uh, roster he ends up on. But that's a good thing for Marshawn, because I know he mentioned Josh Gordon before we went on. He could get off the couch. Listen, you, I tell people this all the time, and I'm going to shut up after this. If, if name me one receiver that's 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 not playing right now that could get off their couch and get you 20 yards of catch. Ain't too many Des that Bryant. could do that. Who? Des Bryant. No, Des Bryant cannot do Des, that. Des can't get you eight Des yards. Des Bryant cannot catch. do that. that Des, is, Des can't get you oh, eight yards of catch. Wait, 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 wait. Shut up. <laughs> um okay, let let me get my final thought in here real quick. I just want to say thank you to all you guys uh for taking the time out of your busy schedules to do this. Um, the Shakeback Media Group, uh, we are on to some big things. Uh, the website is coming out soon. The Shakeback uh, Shake Life Coaching Podcast is coming. I just got certified as a life coach here in Texas, so I'm very excited about that. Um, Ruth and Christina, you guys are welcome anytime. Um, I appreciate you guys coming on. And, John, continue to do what you do, man. I love you for what you're doing. I appreciate it. Uh, you inspire me, man. And uh, Marshawn. Even though you did talk about the Cleveland Browns more than I wanted to hear, it's all good. So we're going to go ahead and get out of here, man. Uh, for Marshawn and John and the Bucks Babes, this is Willie F. Teen Jr. saying, man, y'all stay safe. Y'all hug each other. Y'all love each other. We'll talk to y'all again real soon. Peace. We out. <laughs>